Hi, CityCast listeners. Marijuana policy is back in the news. What does it mean in Texas that Joe Biden has pardoned possession on the federal level? And what are the prospects for Texas changing its own laws? Today, we're talking with Catherine Neal Harris. She's a fellow in drug policy at Rice University's Baker Institute. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Catherine, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Joe Biden pardoned federal marijuana convictions last week. What does that mean? Yeah, so the president's announcement, he what he did was he pardoned individuals who have prior convictions for marijuana possession at the federal level. Um, and so in practice, that applies to roughly 6,500 people who have had, who have been convicted for possession um, at the federal level. Uh, it's important to keep in mind that, mm-hmm. you know, most possession, marijuana possession charges are at the state level, right? So it's a, it's a relatively small number of people compared to yeah. the larger number of people, in, you know, in the states. So a drop in the bucket. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But still, you know, I think there's kind of symbolic importance is there. Yeah. Were you surprised? Um, not, not exactly. I mean, I think, you know, this is something that his supporters and drug reform advocates have been, you know, talking about for a long time. He, you know, promised on the campaign trail that he was going to address this issue. Um, and so there have been a lot of people that have been like, where, you know, why haven't you done this yet? <laughs> because it was a fairly easy thing for him to do. He didn't, you know, for what he did, he didn't need any kind of uh, congressional action. Right. Um, I think that the timing, you know, I think it it makes sense. It's, you know, right ahead of the midterms, maybe the hope is that it might energize, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some voters and and that kind of thing. Yeah. So what does the pardon do for those 6,500 people and what does it not do? Yeah. So the pardon it's it's kind of interesting because I actually was looking into this and it's a little bit confusing. I think there's still some kinks that have to be worked out because. OK, if it's confusing to you, a drug policy <laughs> expert, I imagine on the ground we're in trouble. So, yeah. Yeah, because from my understanding, there, the there is the pardon for the conviction, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the person's record is expunged. Right. And so even though they have the pardon, the conviction is still on the on their record. Oh, so if I'm applying for a job or trying to yeah. rent an apartment, it's still going to ding me. Right. And so the, the expungement process is actually separate from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like I, I would hope that they're planning to to take that step as well, you know, because it, it doesn't really make sense if you're getting pardoned to still have it on your record. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of weird, another sort of like weird kink to this that I, I think is that people right now, even though he he made those pardon, pardons, you could still theoretically be um, arrested and charged today now for for possession, for marijuana possession at the federal level. At the federal level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, it like applied retroactively, but not future. (laughs) So um, again, I just, that, that to me is a little, is a little bit odd. It's kind of quirky. The law has not been changed. Right. And and again, as a practical matter, very few people are arrested or, or, or charged with possession at the federal level, right? It's much more often like a trafficking kind of offense or it's that you were picked up on something else and, you know, they tacked on a marijuana possession charge. Um, 
so you know it, it it's not it doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of people but the law itself is still there so what does it mean specifically in texas how many pardons are we talking about here of those 6,500 people? You know, that is a good question. I'm not sure how many of those 6,500 people live in Texas. Um, what I can tell you, though, is that it doesn't apply to anybody who's been mm-hmm. uh, convicted for marijuana possession in Texas by, you know, at the state level. OK, and that's the vast majority of people who've been busted for possession. Yeah, right, right. So so still, you know, even with um, all of the changes in marijuana laws, I think last year still over 300,000 people were arrested Whoa. for possession in the nationwide. Not nationwide, okay. Yeah, so in Texas last year, it was about 25,000 uh, marijuana possession cases were filed. Okay. Um, none of those people are affected by this ruling. Um and actually, Governor Abbott's office made a came out with a statement last week where they said that the governor is not, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but essentially they said that the governor is not in the business of taking advice from the leader of the defund the police party. Oh, <laughs> so... <laughs> clear of where Governor Abbott stands. That's right. How does this play out differently in counties? Like, are people still being arrested for possession in Harris County? Yeah, so it really, it depends, right? In Harris County, no. Um, Since 2018, the district attorney here has implemented a marijuana diversion program that applies to anyone with possession of four ounces or less, which, I mean, four ounces, the reason it applies to that is that's the the misdemeanor amount of marijuana by statute. But Uh uh, the vast majority of cases involve an ounce or less. Um, And we, you know, the county has stopped taking those charges. So people are not arrested for that uh, in Harris County. Mm -hmm. Other large counties in Texas have also stopped arresting people for low level marijuana amounts. So, you know, Travis County, um, Dallas County has started to look at something like that. Um, So we're increasingly seeing this divide, uh, you know, between sort of like the more popular areas of the state and everyone else. So just on the ground in the state, it's a patchwork of what's actually happening. Yes, very, very patchwork. Okay. And we also just we see so many confusing things like, you know, Delta 8. How legal is Delta 8? Yes, that's still something that is being uh, hashed out in the courts. Um, When the state, it's it's kind of complicated, but when the state Mm -hmm. legalized hemp, right, back in, in 2019, that uh, you know, applied to hemp related products and anything with less than uh, 0.3% of THC. Delta eight is a separate compound from Delta nine, which is what the THC, when we talk about THC, that's what we're talking about is Delta nine. Yeah. So Delta eight is derived, can be derived from hemp. And so that's why it's been able to be sold here because it's, it's considered to be legal based on the fact that hemp was legalized. Uh huh. But, oh, yeah, but <laughs> the amounts of Delta eight that are um, that are required to sell the products that you see, like in vape stores and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. those actually it has to be kind of made through a synthetic process. <laughs> and there is a debate about whether or not that is actually legal. And so uh, I think I want to say that the, Depart- the Texas Department of State Health Services has said that it's not legal. There's been several, they've gone to court over it a few times and there's sort of been some back and forth. And, um, you know, certainly the the industry, the people, you know, the folks who sell these products, who make a living off of these products, uh, 
you know, want the law to stay as it is. Um, so as of right now, it's still legal. Like you can go into a, a vape store, you know, CBD store and, and buy Delta 8 products. Yeah, I've seen it mixed into microbrew beers. Yes, yes, yeah. right. You can drink it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can drink you, you can drink your marijuana now. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's very much though, kind of, again, like I said, it's sort of still a gray area. But as of right now, um, you know, we can continue to see those products on the markets right now. I mean, the fact that we see products on the market makes makes me think this is really popular. This is something that Houstonians and Texans want. Am I right about that? Yeah. And actually, I, I, you know, I think if you've talked to a lot of the stores that sell um, that, are, you know, are like CBD kinds of stores, they'll say that the bulk of their profits come from Delta 8 products uh-huh. um, because Delta 8, you know, has psychoactive properties similar to Delta 9. It's, it's generally considered to be not as strong, right? Not as potent. Right. Um, but you know, it's legal. People can go to a store and they can buy it. Whereas they can't do that with, um, products that have Delta nine, but yes, I mean, I think absolutely it's, it's very popular. Um, and you know, it's when you look at the opinion polls in the state, you know, a majority of Texans support decriminalization and some sort of medical Uh legalization. We're a little bit more split on like a full commercial market, but, um, Certainly, it's popular in the state. I saw that it's become an issue, you know, one of many, obviously, in the governor's race, that Beto O'Rourke is saying he's for legalization. Can the governor legalize marijuana by himself in Texas? No. So it would require the legislature to act. But I think if the governor, if the legislature knew that the governor was supportive of something, then then that can increase the likelihood of passage, right? I mean, there's a lot of different kind of legislation every year um, that never goes anywhere because people, you know, elected uh, officials don't want to use their, waste their political clout on something that they know that the governor won't sign. Um, so if you have a governor willing to support something, I mean, that can be be a big boost for it um, within the legislature. The legislature is likely to remain Republican, no matter who the governor is. But do you think even... In rural parts of Texas, even in places that often vote Republican, that attitudes are changing toward marijuana and things like Delta A? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think even if you look again, like if you look at the polling, I think even if you look in some of the more rural areas, I think that there is certainly support for for decriminalizing. I mean, I think certainly you talk to people and they can see how you know, giving someone a criminal record, right, who uses marijuana is, is unreasonable. Yeah. We don't want to spend money to keep them in prison. Yeah, right. We don't want to spend the money. And again, I mean, the, just the collateral consequences, as you mentioned earlier, you know, with the criminal record, like trying to get a job or housing and all of these different things that are impacted. And it just doesn't make sense just for someone who's who's using something that, you know, is is legal in so, so many areas of the country now. Um, but I, you know, I don't think, I think the issue though, is that, you know, with, um, more rural or more conservative voters, maybe they would support marijuana reform, but that's not going to be the main issue that they vote on. Right. It's, you know, right. They are going to vote on, on other things like gun control or abortion or something else. And so because of that, I think, um, you know, the, the governor doesn't, you know, I think feels that he doesn't have to necessarily be responsive to the marijuana issue, you know, in order to stay in power. So Greg Abbott. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. And and really, I mean, most of the Republicans, I think that, you know, just don't feel like it, it's not a priority issue um, for their base. So 
Short answer. You don't feel terribly optimistic that Texas is going to legalize no matter what states around us are doing. Oh, yeah. No, no, not. (laughs) No, I don't think we're I don't think that we are close to that. I I have a little more optimism that we might get a a kind of a penalty reduction bill through Mm -hmm. next session because Governor Abbott has said he doesn't think people should be incarcerated for uh, possession. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're far from, from like a commercial market form of legalization. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. That was Catherine Neal Harris. Now I am here with producer Carly on Jones. Carly, what else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa, I got some good news for our Houston foodies out there. Shaquille O'Neal is set to open the first of many big chicken restaurants in the Houston area. The franchise is expected to open its doors in December or early January and will be located at the Lake Square Shopping Center off Westheimer and South Gessner. This location is among eight others that are in the planning stages to take Houston by storm. So, you chicken lovers out there should be on the lookout for this one. That's it for our show today. A quick reminder... Tomorrow is your last chance to maybe appear on our upcoming show about spooky things to do for the Halloween season. If you've got a suggestion, give us a call. Our voicemail is 713-489-6972. Tell us your name and how you get in the Halloween mood. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. You know, like two people talking over chips and salsa, something like that.